Matt Seiler here, lover of a good competition. One of the other guests on Jeff's phenomenal podcast threw a gauntlet trying to make his episode the most popular on the phenomenal ATBS, the podcast series. Being the frequent guest on the only sub-series, SFAO, I want to make sure that I win. And by winning, Jeff wins. And by Jeff winning, we all win. So please like, share, own, make sure that it gets the popularity it demands as ATBS rules the world. Welcome to ATBS, the podcast, all things big and small. I'm your host, Jeff Volmerich. Thank you for being here. Joining me today in the pod ship is a 13-time Paralympic medalist and the first nearly unassisted paraplegic to summit Mount Kilimanjaro. This is a world-renowned motivational speaker, an author, an avid cyclist, marathoner, skier, and reader. He's also the founder of his own foundation, One Revolution. Within One Revolution, there is a program that they administer called name tags. A few of the name tags he has for himself are fit, creative, and productive. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Chris Waddell today. Welcome to ATBS, the podcast with my guest, Chris Waddell this morning. Chris, welcome. Thank you, Jeff. Awesome to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. We've had some great conversations just in testing, and I think it'd be a really fun place to start in the world in which we live. For those of you who are out there listening, it is May 13th, 2020. And with that said, there's a lot that has gone on in our world over the past eight or nine weeks, as we all know. And one of the conversations that Chris and I have had last week really was about this, these challenges of technology and overcoming, you know, challenges that we just didn't have eight or 10 weeks ago. Chris is a public speaker and has a number of projects on the go that require recording and sending information and messages out. So um, here we are recording remotely this morning. And again, I appreciate you being here, Chris. Oh, this is awesome. And I appreciate you figuring out how we can record. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just about the time I thought I had things somewhat figured out. What I thought I knew about recording in a what I call the pod ship with somebody sitting in close proximity on a microphone that we can look at each other. I went into the Grand Canyon for three weeks and came out and had to figure out how to do things remotely. So thanks to technology, we have the ability. What have you been working on most recently, Chris? What did you do this morning before our nine o'clock phone call? So back in 2011, I did commencement at Middlebury College where I went to school. And, and it was a successful commencement speech. New York Times, I was one of the 13 commencement speakers that they highlighted. NPR put it on their list of greatest commencement speeches ever. And, and recently, recently with all of the changes that we've seen. A lot of these graduating seniors are missing their senior spring. They're not really having the same commencement that they did. And I thought, okay, this would be a great idea. Actually, at the prodding of a friend of mine, this would be a great idea. So let's do it. And I sort of reworked my 2011 commencement address and recorded it myself. So again, back to the technology where I actually recorded on my iPhone. I had a lapel mic that I was plugging into my iPhone, and I was hoping that everything was interfacing. And we're still hoping, yes? Still hoping. I think it's good. I have not sent it off to my editor yet, but I'm hoping that that is the case, that it worked out well. There's a huge nervousness with doing a commencement address because you feel like you, feel like you should actually impart some knowledge that is worthwhile. <laughs> and, and that's a little intimidating trying to trying to impart some knowledge 
something that might actually be memorable. And and I do say in the middle of it that I've listened to a lot of these speeches. And if there's anything that unites them, it's that I don't remember much of anything from any of them. That doesn't add any more pressure to you as you're trying to think of something, some things to impart. Well, so I give my message right up front. I introduce that and say, hey, I don't remember much of any of them. This is my message. My message is it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. And I do talk for you know probably another 10 minutes or so around there. But at the same time, I'm still jangling from doing this. I was going to do it outside and then the weather conspired against me. And so just trying to figure out how to make it work and how to frame up a frame that is actually worthwhile. So yeah, so I did that and went through and did it a couple of times. My wife was uh, was sequestered back in the back room trying to be quiet <laughs> as I was doing this. And she said, it sounded great when she came out. And I was like, okay, I hope you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes. Again, here it is a little after nine o'clock in the morning in the part of the world where we're living. And one of the things that I know that we'll get to, Chris, is your inspiration, your motivation, you know, what gets you up in the morning? And I look forward to getting to that. And in one of our earlier conversations, we talked about purpose, you know, what is our purpose? And I'd love to, you know, peel that onion a little bit along the way, but I have a story to share with you from my morning since I woke up. I woke up this morning and the first thing out of bed was I brushed my teeth and then I meditated, which I've been doing a fair amount of lately. And, and I find it to be a great way to start the day. Then I went to a friend's house because there's this piece of equipment that I've been using that I really like. It's for health and wellness, and I won't use the name. It's, you know, it's a mat and you lay on it and it has to do with circulation and some other good things. So I went over there and it takes only eight or 10 minutes once or twice a day. So I did that. And then I was sitting and having a quick conversation before I came back over to the pod ship. And I said, you know, I'm very excited about the day this morning. And I said, I get to have a an ATBS, the podcast episode and conversation with Chris Waddell. And she looked at me and she said, that's great. And then she said, I don't know who Chris Waddell is. You know, so I shared some things that I know. And what I shared with her then was in moving forward with ATBS, the podcast, what seems like the obvious isn't always the obvious as far as conversations go and subject matter and things like that. So it was really an interesting, you know, oh yeah, no, this is Chris Waddell. You know, what some people might consider the obvious didn't come up until much later. And, oh, then there's some foundations and there's some projects and he's done this and this and this and, oh, okay, different, interesting, you know, and that maybe goes to your labels project. I don't know if we want to go there or where you'd like to go, but I had a very interesting morning of kind of working through labels or lack thereof. And it was really pleasant and a little bit challenging and stretched my, my intellect and my creativity in conversational terms. It was fun and it was different. And it was appropriate for me leading into this conversation. I thought it was just the gift that I needed to be given this morning. You know, it's funny, Jeff, because I think we make assumptions and I've definitely been in that situation that you mentioned with your friend where you, you told her that I was going to be on your podcast back when I was competing. And this must have been summer of 2001. So my final winter games were 2002. And obviously those were in Salt Lake. And I was a big part of the buildup for the games in general, but really in particular for the Paralympic games. And so I ended up as the grand marshal of the July 4th parade in Park City. So we drove up to the top of Main Street up to you know, basically where the brew pub is up there. And, and then we were going to start the parade and I'm in a convertible 911 and sort of sitting in the back and on the side, it says Chris Waddell, Grand Marshal. And we're about to go probably two miles an hour for about <laughs> two miles. And somebody on the side who had already had a good start to the morning said, who the hell is Chris Waddell? And I'm like, oh, Man, this is going to be a long, a long two-mile drive. <laughs> yeah. I think it, for me, it kind of falls into this category of things that we become familiar with. 
or people that we become familiar with. And then you're talking to somebody and, and it's, I guess it's very much my, what I've shared with you is the concept of ATBS, the podcast is let's create some familiarity with maybe a subject that somebody's not familiar with. And let's turn some lights on, shed some light on it. And there's a good example of not everybody knows the same people. Not everybody knows the same things. We all know that. So let's turn some lights on. And okay, so who is Chris Waddell this morning? The question I'm asking myself on a daily basis, Jeff. <laughs> right. That's that's why I say this morning, right? Because hopefully it changes. Hopefully we evolve, I think. It's a funny thing. I think that I keep coming up with this theory of that we as human beings have two diametrically opposed desires. One, we want to be successful and we want that to be static. Like we just want to reach a point and go, okay, that's it. On the other side, we want to grow and learn and dream because that's when we don't grow old, right? You know, I'm conflicted by this immensely because I'd love to get to that point where I go, okay, now I know who I am and it's all, it's all good. And, and I know who I am going forward. And, and I realize that that's a fantasy, that that's a mirage, but at the same time, it's a really comforting massage or mirage, if we can, maybe a massage too, but a, but a, a mirage. And so I think that for me, it's this constant battle to remind myself that the life really is fluid, that we're going in a direction and we think we know where we're going. I mean, the Dalai Lama said that uh, sometimes not getting what you want can be the greatest gift of all. And trying to remember that that's okay, which is really appropriate right now in this time of uncertainty of the countries opening back up, but where exactly are we going? And are we going to to drift back into the COVID-19 issue or are things going to get better? Are schools going to open in the fall? Or are we going to return to some form of normal? I spent half of my life, it seems like at least my, my commute is to the airport. So uh, who knows what it's going to be like on airplanes now? And trying to remember that that the journey, the uncertainty is actually the gift that we can play within those margins and figure out who we are and and that today we're we're one person, but tomorrow we realize something entirely new and go, oh wow, like, oh, I thought I knew everything. And now now I've just learned something brand new. And how exciting as a you know, 51-year-old guy to, to be able to say, wow, I learned something brand new. And I thought I, I thought I had a pretty good handle on it. So that's kind of where I am on a daily basis. And yeah, today it's, it's trying to move forward and hopefully this graduation speech worked out. Okay. And got my fingers crossed very much on that one. So <laughs> yeah. And with all humility, right. That's beautiful. Cause I know that your commencement address that you referenced, uh, from 2011, was wonderful. So it was to the Middlebury class. And here you are putting together a commencement. I suspect, and I don't know this, I'd love for you to share that it's going to be available far and wide for any graduating senior, I presume. You know, I think it's a little gift that I can give to the world at large right now, to to anybody who who wants to click on it. It is entirely free. They can click on it and hopefully gain a little bit of something. <laughs> it puts your humility in check, I think, doing these kinds of things. You're like, who, how much do I really know? And I'm like, oh, I'll Who's tell you what care? I know. And hopefully, hopefully <laughs> it's something that's worthwhile for you. So. <laughs> Who's going to listen? Before we move on to anything else, Chris, I think this is a perfect time. Instead of me breaking in on some ad break to tell people where to find it, where are people going to be able to find your 2020 commencement address to all who would like to hear it, see it, feel it. So we will house it on the Chris Waddell Inc. YouTube channel. So W-A-D-D-E-L-L and Inc. like incorporated. It'll be on my YouTube channel there, but then we'll also, we'll promote it on Facebook and Instagram and those kinds of things as well. So hopefully people will get a chance and get linked up and be able to see it. And I think we'll be able to have it on my website as well, chriswaddellspeaking.com. Great. That's super helpful. 
I will certainly put it up on ATBS, the podcast, because I think timing is going to be really good. We're going to go live with a number of episodes here in the next 14 days. So as young people would normally be graduating and going through that rite of passage, whether it be high school or or university, I'd love to get it out there to as many people. And I'll certainly we'll do our part to share that because, yeah, as you said, your gift to those who are sadly not able to have that rite of passage the way, you know, most people have experienced it in their lives. I have a daughter who's a senior in high school and, you know, it's sad to watch missing out on that, that whole rite of passage coming of age, you know, stepping from high school in that case to, you know, stepping out into the world of going to college and just one more thing that, you know, has changed in our world. It is. And it, it was so important and significant for us in our lives. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you feel badly for the kids who are missing out on that. And the interesting part about it is that it's something that's in some ways foisted on a young generation that they will need to define what this means. I mean, commencement, the definition of a commencement is a beginning, right? We always think of graduation as an end, but really it's commencement. It's your beginning. So that responsibility is now falling in their lap to figure out, okay, how do I end that part of my life, afford myself the opportunity to have the reflection on what I've done, and then gain the momentum and the excitement to then start anew and and figure out, okay, who am I going to be? Because the thing is, you know, for a lot of kids, high school and the people, their community will be what they bring forward. For others, it won't be. And they get to reinvent themselves. They get to go to another part. And really for all kids, you get to reinvent yourself. You get, well, that's part of who I was, but I also want to take this and I want to take that. And, and this is where I want to be moving forward. And And I think without sort of the pomp and circumstance of a graduation, the responsibility to to create that point of demarcation will be on them. So if I can help out a little bit, I mean, my hope is that that I have something to contribute, that it actually makes sense to them. And the other big hope is that people will actually watch it. (laughs) I feel like I've worked pretty hard on this thing. So I'd like them to actually watch it and hopefully enjoy it. Right. Things have changed to the point where we don't really know if anybody is out there, right? So here you and I are on May 13th at 9.25 in the afternoon or in the morning recording. And, you know, this ATBS podcast will go live in a couple of weeks. I mean, I've been living in this, I don't know, for months and months and months. Like, I wonder if anybody's going to listen. I wonder if any, is there anybody out there? I guess in some ways... One way to look at it would be, I know I benefit from the conversations. I know I'm a better version of myself through having these many different conversations with many different interesting people. Yes, would I, I very much hope that there are people out there that will hear them and, you know, hear Chris Waddell and, and say, oh, there's a commencement address. I'll go check that out. It's an unknown and back to what you said, you know, life is fluid. We don't, we don't really know. We have control over what we do have, you know, we each in this moment have some control over the conversation and the direction we'd like it to go. How many people will listen? Mm, I don't have control over that. I'll work at it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll put forth the effort for sure and do all the things that people say you need to do to, to get the word out. But that's something that we really don't know. That's the fear in some ways, right? Because you're, you're at your house. I'm at my house. We aren't even together. Right. And we're broadcasting potentially into a black hole where right. it just uh, <laughs> it, it just goes and it disappears. And that's the way it is because there is there's absolutely no feedback. I have headphones in, so I'm listening to myself as I'm talking, which was the phenomenon as I was doing my graduation speech that I was looking at myself as I was presenting it. So it was my iPhone that was faced toward me that was recording. 
And that's a fairly critical audience is uh, is that audience of one. And you're like, oh, no. But then you're trapped in something sort of infinitely small and broadcasting something to something that is potentially infinitely large. But we have none of that feedback that we're used to, that interpersonal feedback. And even if you were doing this on the radio, there's the potential that the phones could be lighting up, right? That people are saying, oh, this is awesome. Keep going. This is great. Or, or you guys are complete idiots. Get off the, get off the <laughs> airway. You know I mean? Either way, there would be feedback. And right now, right now, there really just is no feedback until you actually publish it. And I think that that's one of the, one of the real challenges is that it's easy to get stuck in your own head. Mm. When you're not communicating with somebody else, which probably works on a metaphorical level with regard to some of what we're seeing just in being in quarantine and those kinds of things that oftentimes being left to our own devices, being left in our own head is a really very challenging place to be. Agreed. That would take me towards this idea of or practice of meditation. And why is it so challenging to start and find a practice? Well, we're in our own, <laughs> there we are with ourselves. And we're certainly, our, in many ways, our most critical audience. But then it can be super challenging to go inside and contemplate big things for ourselves. And in this time of great change, I hope great opportunity and uncertainty and all the words that have been used to describe what we're going through. But I really hope that through this, what I tried to reiterate is, you know, we, we are spending lots of time with self and it can be very uncomfortable. It can also be a wonderful time to get to know oneself and certainly improve and, you know, do some, I don't necessarily love the word, but do some work on self that can be diving in through meditation and that can be certainly physical exercise. And I've seen so many things where people are trying, you know, finally, you know, working on learning a new language or certainly spending more time with family and loved ones, but a really unique and interesting opportunity in history to go inward. And then what is it that we're going to go come out with? What are we going to carry forth? from the experience, from talking into the great unknown as we are, what will we learn and take forward when you are in front of an audience or when we are getting feedback for, you know, ATBS, the podcast or, or any number of your, let's call it your commencement address where, you know, I have firm belief that you'll have lots of great feedback, but here we are with none. And what do we learn? What do we learn and how can we bring our best self when we're not getting any feedback. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, some of these like the NBA is talking about coming back and they might play in empty arenas. And and I've heard some coaches say that you should see the competition level at practice because these guys are just, they're just competitors. And then other people, I think Shaq was talking about it. It's like that those people booing him, like he's looking for the people in the opposing arena to boo him, to get fired up. And there are both sides of that. But it's also, I've found having done some speeches without the benefit of an audience of trying to figure out how can I connect with that audience? How can I get myself to the point where I'm bringing myself to them without necessarily knowing that they are there? So it has to originate from me and, you know, one of the things I talked about in the graduation speech is that we as human beings have an absolutely amazing ability to adapt and that adversity can accelerate that ability to adapt. So when we need to do it, we can find a way to do it. That's that sensation of sometimes being, you know, being 100% better the next day than you were yesterday this is completely overwhelming. I can't do it. Well, if you come back tomorrow, you'll be better than you were today. And and trying to figure out how we can do that adaptation and how we can immerse ourselves and allow ourselves to be to be comfortable with ourselves. And I think this is what you're talking about in terms of the the opportunity is that our paradigm has changed. 
It's something new. It's something different. And it's a challenge that is going to force us to take a step back. But the beauty of that, I think, is that we can continue with our lives doing what we've always done. But when we're forced to take a step back and look at it with a critical eye, then we can affect change. And sometimes that's change that happens incrementally, but we can affect change. We get a different perspective. And that really, to me, is the greatest gift to step outside of ourselves and look at what we've done and how we've approached it and how we want to approach it moving forward because we do have the ability to be proactive. Well said. While you were talking, I'm thinking, oh, I could say this and I could say that. And then there's nothing really to add to that. You are an eloquent speaker and great conversationalist, which makes my job very easy. So I appreciate that. And I guess the one thing that I will say is that we are looking in the mirror every day and we have these opportunities to improve and to bring our best version and be critical of ourselves and not rely on the outside world, outside influences, input, feedback, eyes, body language to tell us how we're doing. We have to determine for ourselves, how are we doing? It's a really unique opportunity in history to do that. In a lot of ways, it's it's how we can break free of obligation. I think for a lot of us, we are completely occupied every day and I have to do this, I have to do that. And we continue to have obligations moving forward. But I think that if we can shift from this is what I have to do to this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. then we're in charge. And you know what? I think that there's a little bit of trepidation in that, in that if things don't go exactly as we planned, then we don't have anybody to blame but ourselves because <laughs> it was our decision. But we also have already made a decision and then we have the ability to pivot from that decision to say, okay, well, I made that decision. It didn't work out exactly as I had planned, but I learned something along the way. And now I'm realizing that that I can go in this direction as opposed to living our whole lives and just being stuck in, this is what I have to do. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. And it can be a really miserable existence. So if we're in charge, we can be in charge of our own happiness. And spotlights on us now. That's what it, hmm. A friend of mine likes to say that we, um, you know, should, shouldn't, those are words, you know, stop shooting on yourself. You know, <laughs> what, what, oh, what do I want to do? Different story altogether. Then we get to take responsibility for, you know, that's what I wanted to do. How'd I do? Or do I want to do that again? Or would I like to do it differently? Try something different tomorrow. You know, what have we learned already today? I know that I've learned a number of things and you through your commencement exercise and, oh, what <laughs> technology and, hmm, yeah, we'll be better tomorrow. I'm curious, like what's out in front of you that fires you up these days? I I know you've always got projects on the go and there have been plenty. What's out there on the horizon or not so far out on the horizon that you're working on that you'd love to share? The funny thing is, I think that I am approaching at this time something that I feel like I've needed to do for a long time. And it's basically in that, what I'm doing with my foundation, what I'm doing with my for-profit company, our value is greater than our recognizability and trying to embrace getting that out there and promoting it. And I think that there's a fair amount of fear in that. So with the beginning of this whole event, it's funny, it coincided with a television show called Chris Waddell Living It or Living It with Chris Waddell. And it has an expert with a disability who is teaching an adventure to two people off the street. And we've actually shot two episodes and we had two adults in the episodes and we're morphing to having two kids when we finally can return to shooting because we don't have that opportunity right now. But we're also trying to gain an audience as we're moving forward. How can we gain that audience? How can we find a way to actually you know, demonstrate our value? So we're doing that with my foundation. We put our educational program online. It's about the labels that we put on ourselves and others, which are often our limitations. We have three athletes, including me, who have done these presentations. So we videoed them, edited them up and put them out there on our One Revolution channel on YouTube, along with the documentary film, 
of my climb of Mount Kilimanjaro. So I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in a hand cycle and we did a documentary film on that. And so really now I think in a lot of ways, what we're trying to do is we're trying to find ways to tell the story. I've often said that if you don't tell the story, it didn't happen. And we need ways to find that story, to create an audience, to be able to tell that story. And and actually, what I'm really excited, it's, it's fun to be on your podcast because I have created a podcast, same name as the television show, Living It with Chris Waddell. I did my first one last week. It's a similar thing to the TV show where we're really hopefully turning that perception of disability upside down by looking at somebody who is a spectacular human. And I feel like watching the Olympics, watching the Paralympics on TV, any sporting event, I feel like we all win when somebody wins because we are human beings and we watch this person do this absolutely amazing thing. We're like, yeah, well, I'm human too. So like I've kind of won as we've done that and it's representative of who we are. But I think we also, we need to learn from each other because if we don't, we're doing ourselves a huge disservice. But we also need to see somebody else do something that sparks us and goes, oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I've had this dream and I haven't let myself indulge in this dream. I haven't let myself pursue it because I was too scared of failing. But seeing somebody else shoot for as much as they can really pushes you to move forward. And so the guy I talked with last week, a guy named Carlos Melita, just an amazing guy. He was a Navy SEAL, got shot getting Noriega to Panama, went and did his rehab, had an infection in his leg. He was there for a long time. He got out of rehab and went and pushed a racing wheelchair from Miami to Virginia Beach, a thousand miles, <laughs> which was training to then go to a race up in Alaska that they called the Midnight Sun Race. So it was on the summer solstice. And it went from Fairbanks to Anchorage, nine days, 360 miles. You know, I mean, he's one of those guys that I look at and just think, how do you do it? Like, how do you do it? Like, this is what I want to know is how you do it. Because maybe if I figure out how you do it, that I can assimilate a bit of that into what I do and how I keep moving forward when I just think I really just want to quit. That was your first podcast episode. Is that correct? First one, it is at the editor right now, so we have not published it yet, but that was my first one. And and yeah, so we're moving forward. I, you know, trying to figure out the logistics of it. You have the whole thing of you've got to interview somebody, you've got to talk to somebody, but you've got to make sure that it's recorded, that it's recorded well, that the quality is such that people will actually listen to it. And those are realistic challenges. So I have hesitated to put a full group together, but at the moment, that's kind of what I'm doing is putting that group together and starting to move forward. And I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's a, it's so exciting. And it's one of the reasons, like we've had an opportunity to ski together at least once, maybe a couple of times, but not dig into conversation the way we have over the past couple of weeks. And I'm excited when when we've had conversations, what you just shared with me is, you know, gets me going and, and it fits right into what you're talking about, right? We can have our own fears, our own self limitations. And if we can learn from somebody else or see somebody else do something and just, you know, you talking about your guest and remind me of his name, please. Carlos Melita. Carlos Melita, you know, to be in the hospital. And you told me in a conversation last week, how long he was in the hospital before he decided, you know, upon release to wheel himself, you know, hand bike to Virginia. This is actually racing wheelchair. So it's our version of running. So one gear, one gear, racing wheelchair and a thousand miles or so. Thousand miles. Yeah. Yes. Not one day, but, but a thousand miles. Yeah, not in yeah. one day. <laughs> Just in preparation to go on up to Alaska and do these things. And so I, you know, what's great, Chris, from my perspective, and I, I imagine from many is people can go away with kind of a, wow, I want to learn more. That's one of my big hopes is that people will, you know, I'll be able to put up enough information on program notes and on the website, having, you know, episode notes that people can go and dig in a little bit, right? And learn more. They can go find the commencement. They can find Carlos Melita and your first ever podcast episode of Living It with Chris Waddell. That's my hope because just sitting here listening 
it gets me fired up and I'm inspired and it piques my curiosity about different races and different things because there are things that go on in the world that are spectacular all the time, right? Most people are very familiar with the Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics. As you said, we watch and we become invested and when people win, we win. And when they overcome adversity, we overcome adversity. I'm so excited to share and learn and and continue to grow through all avenues. And, and I think, again, this is just an interesting time in history where we really have these opportunities to dive into ourselves and to listen and to learn and to integrate and come out in the world that will be, however it will be, and bring a better version of ourselves to the party of life. Yeah. And I think that that a lot of what we're seeing now, too, is that the landscape has changed, right? The landscape of media has changed. Mm. And one of the big stories has been like the last dance, right? The story of Michael Jordan and the Bulls on ESPN. And, and that's captivated a lot of people. But there are a lot of heroes in our midst. And I think there's a challenge for a lot of us is that we want and need to be inspired, but we're waiting for it to happen. Whereas if we're able to kind of open our eyes and see some of the people who are just around us, we will see heroes right there, right in front of us. And the beauty of having podcasts, the beauty of opening media is that we have access to some heroes that we we never would have confronted. We never would have heard of these people. And I think that's the that's the beauty of it, that these are people like us. And I think the more we realize that they're people like us, the more we feel like I can do that. Whereas sometimes I think that television, you know, you watch it on the Olympics. You watch the Olympics, I remember as a kid thinking, well, that's great, but those are those are the people on TV. They're separated from me. It stunted that dream as opposed to thinking those are, I could be like those people. Sometimes it's too big a gulf where quote unquote ordinary people who really are extraordinary, but we just didn't know can help us to figure out who we are as a person or how we, who we want to be. That's the fun part for me. I love that the heroes in our midst we have a propensity, I think, to put people up on pedestals and, and if they have lots of media coverage and, you know, do things on a regular basis as, you know, Michael Jordan was a joy to watch, apply his craft. For Michael Jordan, there are hundreds of heroes out there in the world. And I think you make a great point that if we open our eyes and open our ears and it's this great equalizer in some ways of time where we are in history, gives us a great opportunity to share those things around. I appreciate your perspective on that. Yeah, well, thank you for giving giving the heroes in our midst a, a, a voice. <laughs> Speaking of voice, in our conversation last week, we were talking about, you know, all these things and projects and, and foundation and for-profit and not-for-profit and things that you've done and and then we got talking about the number of interviews that you've done in your lifetime, the types of questions that come your way. And at some point, they're so similar, you know, you get some of these same questions, then the answers are, you know, almost by rote, right? You're familiar with those answers. And we were talking about purpose. I made the note that you, know, you brought up kind of life's purpose and, hmm, what is it? Have you given any more thought to that since our conversation last week? I continue to give thought to that. And I think that the purpose, sometimes we feel like we want to be hit over the head with our purpose. And as an athlete, I think it really was the passion. And when I came back, I had a skiing accident, ended up in a wheelchair as a result of it. And I had a far greater purpose with my sport then because it wasn't necessarily just getting to the top step of the podium. It was to force people to see me for the first time and to see people like me for the first time. That became my purpose and to, you know, to go 70 miles an hour on one ski. That picture didn't fit with the picture of somebody in a wheelchair. And I understood it. And it was, it was, uh, 
I don't feel like I ever, I ever finished it. I, I feel like at times I was successful, but I wasn't able to create that change. And the morphing now, so I retired and it was actually, I felt like I lost my purpose. I lost my passion and lost my identity in a lot of ways when I retired because I'd been fighting this battle for so long. And then suddenly I was just some guy. I was just some guy in a wheelchair and I didn't really have the pulpit that I'd had before. And that was a really difficult time. And I think the purpose now for me is changing. I mean, it's still that same thing that I want people to see me for the first time, but it's really easy to look at it in a self-serving, in a lot of ways, egotistical kind of way that you need to see me. But the thing is that none None of us us like like to be told what to do. And if we do, even if it makes sense, we will harbor some resentment. So I think that the way that we have to try to create change is to find to find the common part, to find the way that we actually connect based on what we love to do, based on where we're trying to go, what our hopes and our dreams are, is really where we connect. And the idea that that we really are that similar. And so trying to find a way to make the impossible possible and empower people to release themselves from their fear and really be empowered by that, right? You know, empowering people to, to release themselves from the fear gives them the sense of like, okay, well, if I don't have the fear part of it, I can try anything. And the fear isn't nearly as bad as I imagine it. So that's something that's helpful. But I really think that, that it's a matter of trying to find a way to fill the void created by assumption with story. How can we do that? And if we can fill it with story, then I think that people can drop themselves into that story. It's the way it's older than than civilization in some ways, right? I mean, it's the Bible kind of thing. It's the, we find ourselves and understand who we are and where we're trying to go through story. So it's no huge departure, but if we can fill that assumption, that void left by assumption with story, then we're actually doing something. And I think that for me, that's the way it goes. And it's also recognizing that there is this perpetual cycle that you aim toward a goal. And when you get to that goal, that's the beginning of the next goal, where the top of each mountain is the bottom of the next mountain and trying to realize, okay, I'm in this for the long haul. There really is not a finish line as much as I want to think there is a finish line. There really is not a finish line. And being committed to that, not in a crazy way, but but committed to the to the outcome. The I'm trying to recall as you're saying that in this collection of episodes that ATBS, the podcast, will launch with in the next few weeks, one was with my friend Chris Fisher and OSearch. And he shared a bunch of his father's teachings because they were in business together. You know, an inch is a cinch, a yard is hard was one of them. You were just talking about one of them. And I guess the one that I wanted to reference there was that somebody said to him at one point, the slow build is what will endure. And here you are talking about having been at the pinnacle of your sport, summer, winter, Olympics, world championships, the whole package. And then, you know, for anybody who's been an athlete, knowing what it feels like, and I know what it feels like as you express to be like, okay, who am I? When you stop playing those games and having those pursuits, moving into a, you know, is it a higher purpose? Is it, you know, the storytelling piece, the, if it's built for the long haul and for the greater good and less about achievement and more about let's go along with this and and let's build, you know, the slow build. Uh, One of my goals is to build community uh, around ATBS, the podcast, around the guests who come on and and continue to cross pollinate and have a, a larger community of people who are aware, who are, you know, awakened whatever that means to anybody, and in the game of life, not necessarily to win and not necessarily to finish, but to participate well, 
I hate to get into, you know, team sports or individual sports, but boy, what we're going through in the world today feels like the biggest team sport there is, uh, even though sport is not accurate. It feels like we're one big family and we all ought to be supporting each other and learning from each other and inspiring each other. And hopefully that's what we're doing. I know I'm inspired through our conversation this morning, Chris. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I think that that's exactly it. And we are on this journey together, right? I mean, the sense of community, the sense of how similar we are. And I think that that's where we have to build from. And it's really easy to feel alone and much more comforting to feel like we are part of that team and we're not entirely responsible for everything ourselves. So I applaud you for what you're doing and I'm happy to be a part of it. Thank you, Chris. Before we go, can we go back to your project labels? Sure. The name tags project. Yes. Within your One Revolution Foundation, there's the labels project, right? Right. Exactly. It's fascinating to me because one of the things that I have thought about in life and with this podcast is we love labels and we love measurements. And it seems to be, you know, I've brought it up many times. People that know me know this is a thing for me is why are we so fascinated with you know, measuring and then being able to put a label on something. And I think of it sometimes in terms of a, you know, almost a negative, right? And so then you've got this project, which I really like, and it's an inspirational project and educational um, system. And I'd love to hear about it because it's a different perspective on labels. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing, right? I think that part of the reason that we went to schools is because kids' minds are open. They are not bound by political correctness, so they will ask the question they want to ask. When they receive an answer, they say, oh, okay, that's fine. Whereas we as adults go, well, that doesn't really fit with the way that I look at the world, so you must be wrong. And you know, we become jaded as we get older, and I think part of being an adult in some ways is like the definition of an expert, right? That an expert is someone who knows more and more about less and less. And sometimes I think that's what we try to do to our lives is we put these labels or as we call it, name tags on people that that's who you are and that's it. And we don't get a chance to actually know that person. We get a chance to know the category in some ways. And I think that the name tags or the labels that we put on ourselves are often our limitations too, right? I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm too poor. I'm too fat. I'm, you know, whatever it is, it's like, I can't do this. And we're really good at saying why we can't do it. So one component of our program is resilience. Our motto is it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. The second part is about finding your unique voice. I remember going through school and it seemed like it was so easy just to follow the crowd that everybody's going to go in this direction and you follow the crowd. And by the time you finish, you have no idea who you are or what you're going to do. You're just kind of going in the same lockstep with everybody else. And it's a tragedy if we don't realize what our passion is, because that's the thing that we're going to pour ourselves into. We're willing to do more work because not only are we doing the thing that we're doing, but we're also improving ourselves as we move along. So we've done over a thousand of these. We've reached over 400,000 kids. And like I said, our goal here where, where there's such a real need for resilience is to put these up online for free so that it's a resource for kids, for families, for schools to hopefully be able to learn a bit from people who have, who have had a different journey. And I think by virtue of having a different journey, it becomes illustrative. It's similar, but yet probably more profound in some ways than the problems, the challenges, the obstacles that we all hit. When we see something that's more profound, we can fill in our own, but sometimes we need that bit of exaggeration, I think, in order to be able to really understand it. It's been phenomenal. I thought we're, we're talking about social change, but at the same time, We've had just great responses from the kids. We've had the quote unquote sort of cool kids who are like, you know, oh, thanks so much. You know, I really needed to hear that. And it's like, you look like you've got the whole the whole thing nailed. Like, what are you talking about? And and I think that's what we have to remember that that we can look like we know what we're doing, but on the inside, there is this disquiet. There is a sense of the sense of worry that we think is unique to us, but really 
is what makes us human, that we all have to struggle through that. And that's what's been the really cool part about the Name Tags program. I love it. Well, I'd like to say thank you, Chris. I'm inspired. So thank you for the wonderful conversation, first and foremost. Then I'd like to encourage listeners, and we'll we'll put information in the program notes and in the intro and, and where to find Chris. And we've talked about so many of the projects that you've got going, which is fantastic. And so we'll get them all out there so people can find them and become familiar with them. The commencement piece, I think, is super timely. And we'll do our best to push that out there into the world for all these young people who sadly have not had an opportunity to begin or have that rite of passage into the beginning of the rest of their lives. Yeah. And all this before 10 o'clock or just about 10 o'clock in the morning, Chris, it leaves a lot of day left for you and for me to go out and continue and, and learn and, and bring our the best versions of ourselves to the day. Exactly. Well, thank you, Jeff, for having me on your podcast and leading me through such a fun journey this morning, early this morning, and looking forward to a great rest of the day as you are as well. So I appreciate that. And hopefully we can reconnect as appropriate, you know, see what we've learned somewhere down the line, which hopefully isn't too far and checking your projects out and sharing mine as well. So thank you very much, Chris. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. Good luck. And thanks a ton. Keep up the great work. You as well. Take care. Thank you for listening and spending your time with Chris and me here on ATBS, the podcast. He truly is a hero in our midst. I encourage you to check out Chris's projects, which include his nonprofit foundation, One Revolution, at one-revolution.org, his upcoming television show and podcast, Living It with Chris Waddell, and his gift to all recent graduates, a 2020 quarantine commencement address. You can find links to all of Chris's projects in our program notes and on our website. Until next time, be kind, be inclusive, and please build community.